Thanks very much, Sylvie. At last, John Micklethwaite. I have some sympathy with, with Ian on some issues. I think um, the line between security and liberty, which is really, in the end, what we're discussing here, how, what the balance between security and liberty is, I think that's not an easy line to draw. And I also think that in the light of September the 11th and in the general way in which modern terrorism has evolved, I think there is a case for it being drawn in some areas more towards security than liberty. I think also there has, secondly, been quite a lot of, how can I put it, some degree of self-importance by, by the journalists in this field. We tend to sometimes um, race to conclusions. And thirdly, I think there is a great deal of hypocrisy um, uh, from some governments, particularly on the Merkel issue. I think, as Ian pointed out, the Germans, they, they, it is correct. I think they should spend at least some time more on foreign policy. On the French, despite my long friendship with Sylvie, I think the French astonishment at the idea that um, the Americans were bugging people's phones was only that they'd managed to get bugs further than the French had managed to put their own. <laughs> Indeed, there are rumors of the two clashing behind walls as the two try and find each other. Um, so I don't, I don't, I take a lot of that with a, with a breath, of, breath of salt. However, I think on that liberty versus security barrier, I begin to swing back towards liberty on several counts. The first is I think that big data, or whichever name you tend to put to this, that, that is a kind of game changer to some extent. And I think that is a big deal in terms of the amount of information that can be gathered. I think this week we have a cover which is not about governments, it's actually about you. There's a lady there with a camera at the moment, and many other people that we will each have small cameras on us fairly soon, which will be able to track pretty much what we all do all the time. You combine that with face recognition technology and you end up very quickly with a world which effectively is quite easy to do, where when you wander down the street, you will be able to be told, that is John Lloyd there, that is every face will be recognized and it will be told. And I think that puts the onus slightly on those people who care about liberty to start fighting back a bit, particularly from the point of view of the barriers. I think there's a fundamental need to go back to some of those sort of 19th century and 18th century authors about what exactly liberty meant. If you go back and read what John Stuart Mill was talking about, I think those are now actually quite relevant thoughts. So that, I think, is a second thing. My third thing is that actually, I think in the case of America, and I have to admit rather uselessly that I, don't quite, I can't quite see the parallel in Britain because I don't think the British have overstepped the mark as badly on this. But everything that Michael was saying about the NSA, I think, was true. I think by any definition, this was a, a, a state out of control. You had a series of spies. My attitude was spies that, yes, they should carry out their work, but they should have oversight. In this case, the oversight was to a secret court, which in turn had some responsibility to the Senate, but the Senate were then muzzled, senators were then muzzled about what they could do. And in the end, if you end up with the head of America's security services able to go to the Senate, stand in front of the Senate, and tell a lie, <coughs> saying there was no such um, 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 looking at people, if you have that situation, I think that is profoundly wrong. And so the whole issue about how the accountability of those things, I think, came in. 
I think fundamentally, and this is rather an intriguing one to me, it is back to liberalism in a strange way. One of the weirdest things out there at the moment is all the right wing who should believe in a small state. It's very, very difficult to think of any example of more overload in terms of a state than what has happened in America since 9-11. <coughs> How on earth do they end up with a million people being able to look at people's records with absolutely no oversight. It's, it's a textbook case of why you need a smaller government because you should not have a system where a million people, including people like Bradley Manning, who whatever his many, many plus points, was not obviously the most emotionally um, stable human being. Edward Snowden only just came in. A lot of, by any measure, this was a, this, this was a, a state out of control and it strikes me that the right there should do more to pull things back. And to the extent that people like me who are liberals who tend to believe in a small government in terms of economics, I think you should also believe in a small government in terms of that side. What do you do? I, I think it's, that's where it gets very difficult. I think on the whole you probably have to go back to trusting editors to at least some degree. You have to have editors operating within the law. The difficulty now, which Ian will point out, is that people can follow different laws in different countries. But I think on the whole, you probably have to go with that. And on the whole, looking back over history, most of the times when people have protested, I saw some stuff from Harry Evans the other day about the number of times he'd been told not to publish things. The problem for the security services slightly is the record of crying wolf. People like me regularly go and see people in the security services. They that you operate on the basis that they don't tell you lies. They, they tell you when they, they, they won't tell you everything, but they'll give you a, a basic instigation of which way things are going, what's happening in Pakistan, why they're doing this, why they're doing that. That strikes me as a sort of reasonable way to operate. The difficulty in terms of stopping editors in terms of what they publish, I think that the, the record so far is, has not been one which leads you to think it would always be that way. So I think it probably does have to be editors who make that decision. And on the whole, I've tended to back Russ Bridger and what he's done, although I haven't gone as far as writing letters to the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs>